and welcome back to CHO White Sox Podcast. And welcome into our West Loop Studio, Studio A, to be exact. My name is Herb Lawrence, and if you're missing Sean, he is still on assignment for the last day. He'll be back with us on Monday. I'm doing the hosting duties. In his stead, you can follow me at ActorWall23 on all the socials, including X. The guy to my left is CHGO White Sox beat writer, Vinny Duber. You can follow him on X at Vinny Duber. Today's show will be a fun one. We will be discussing the defensive um, proclivities of the players that Chris Getz and his staff will be trying to get. There's still some holes to be filled here with the White Sox, mainly at catcher and right field. So we'll go through the free agents who are more defensively inclined in those positions and see who any of those guys would fit into what the White Sox are looking to do this uh, offseason. And also, Vinny will clear out the notebook from where he, from what he did down there in um, natural for the MLB winter meetings. What they, oh wow, there it is. And he will clear out that notebook and exactly what he learned here at the MLB winter meetings down in Nashville. And if you're looking for that, Vinny had an article today from allchgo.com. Go and check that out to read exactly the 10 things he learned while down there in Nashville. But first, with the success of the NBA's in-season tournament, and I know that we've talked about this before, and it's culminating tomorrow with the championship with the Lakers going against the Pacers. I was thinking that maybe, possibly, MLB can take their cue from the NBA and do like an in-season, maybe not a tournament because you can't play multiple games in an MLB schedule because there's so many of them, but just taking some of those regular season games and arbitrarily assigning them to be part of the competition. And at the end, probably at the all-star break, you have the two best records, no matter what league go against each other and whoever wins gets a prize. Like the NBA, I think every player gets a million dollars. You can go 500,000 or 200,000 for each major league baseball player. So Vinny, I got to ask you, what would you think about a in season type of tournament for major league baseball? Do you think major league baseball fans or, and or the players would even like that type of stuff? Well, I'll uh, tell you how much I've been paying to the paying attention to the NBA in season tournament. Sounds like it's going to be a big matchup tonight between Nick Van Exel's Lakers and <laughs> Reggie Miller's uh, Indiana Pacers. But uh, I mean, I still this is still kind of a foreign idea to me. I know that it's been a thing in soccer over in in Europe for some time. Um, for, again, as someone who hasn't paid attention to it. For, to do it in the NBA strikes me as kind of silly, but if people like it, it's probably going to keep going. It'll probably be a moneymaker, that kind of thing. As I understand kind of the um, structure of the whole thing, baseball be kind of hard to do, right? I mean, like, I still don't kind of get the idea of just like this random regular season game is a tournament game, but the one the next day is not. It really doesn't. I, it really doesn't make sense to me, to be honest. But I will, I will plead ignorance and say that you know perhaps I'm not fully informed, and so that's why I'm not getting it. Uh, I, I th- when we've talked about it before, I think the best thing to do in baseball is just say the two teams who had the best record in the first half go ahead and play a series or a game mm-hmm. at, during the All Star break, and you can get your trophy or your bonus or whatever i don't know make it different you know what i mean like that's the thing with me is like if you're gonna do this thing that is the in-season whatever you know don't just make it another game make it kind of 
goofy in some sort of fashion or you know maybe throw some weird bonuses i'm not saying you have to pull an mvp baseball and put ramps on the infields to have the ball go uh, far but uh you know do something that makes it different and unique to say oh there's a reason remember when they won that thing other than just well congratulations on winning yet another baseball game in the middle of all of your baseball games kind of thing yeah, I hear you, and I think you, if you're going to make it weird, you can make a, like a home run derby type of thing where all nine of your starting players just go up to bat, get 10 swings, and whoever hits the most cumulative home runs during that all-star break wins a certain amount of money. So you could just make it weird. But, yeah, the arbit- arbitrary games they assign, like the NBA assign Friday and Tuesday games early in the season as the in-season tournament games and change the court to some weird uh, you know, iterations. The Bulls with their red just ooh, hard on the eyes, really hard on the eyes, especially when they're wearing their uniforms on against the red court. So I don't know if the Major League Baseball would change the field. Like Roger Boss would be like, no, don't be messing with my field. We ain't painting that grass green or they ain't painting that grass blue because it's hard to get back to the other way. You see the opening game where it's like opening game and like three weeks later, it's like kind of fading away. It takes a long time to change that stuff. But I would say to do something to liven up and give these teams like the Pittsburgh Pirates and the White Sox a chance to compete in something as they know they're not going to be competing for the World Series. And you can do just a one-off game, as you're talking about, like in the MLB after the All-Star Games on Tuesday, on Wednesday, in that same city that hosted the All-Star Game. You can have them play that one game. And I don't know how teams would take it serious as Baseball teams are like, I'm not throwing my best pitcher on some random Tuesday just so I can win this trophy that doesn't mean anything to anybody. Basketball's a little bit more kind of into that because it's not as taxing to basketball players as throwing pitches and baseball is. So I would say it might work, but I think most baseball people would absolutely hate it because it's not baseball. It's not what you fight for. And they like to have their winter, their all-star breaks off too. So that'll be very hard to get all the people who are like, man, I'm leaving for the all-star break on Sunday. Hey, yeah, you got to go back to Colorado on Wednesday to play some arbitrary <laughs> game. And if you lose, eh, sorry, no trophy for you. I, I think we maybe brought it up and touched on it when we've talked about this before, but maybe roll it all into one. Do the whatever the equivalent in the future of the Field of Dreams game is, not saying it always has to be in Iowa, but whatever sort of spectacle you're going to do that might be baseball's equivalent to the Winter Classic in hockey, right? Why don't you do that? There's your in-season championship game. It's weird. It's fun. It's totally different. It's not played in a major league stadium, and you don't know who's going to play in it until the All-Star break and the top two teams record-wise. They're the ones that go play in it. And I know uh, to move to a different topic, I know today Major League Baseball has been held hostage by the news of Shohei Itani and where he's going to go. Reports lately have been saying it's going to be the Blue Jays, which is, to me, the upset of the year because of the L.A. Dodgers were clear favorites. He's already been comfortable with the L.A. Anaheim Angels of Anaheim. And so I was thinking either L.A., the Angels, maybe even San Francisco's reasons because of the high uh, Japanese uh, population there and their willingness to spend. But now it seems like he's going to be flying to Toronto. Not necessarily to fly, I mean, to sign a contract, but he's going to be going there to at least see the ballpark. What are your thoughts today on Shoei Itani and the whole saga? Are you getting tired of it? Or is this actually exciting for baseball? 
Um, probably a little bit of both. I think that it is exciting for baseball and that there is some drama that there is, uh, I mean, listen, this is the best player in, in the world right now. And, and to have everybody's eyes on him and everything, uh, you know, on high alert for what he's going to be doing. We talk about it all the time. The comparison between baseball, free agency and free agency and other sports, I think there is an argument to be made that there's a plus that baseball's free agency can drag out a little bit because it does kind of increase that drama. Um, that being said, as, as, as someone who covers the sport and covers a team, obviously not a team that's in the mix for, for Otani, um, I know that this has uh, been rubbing some folks the wrong way. I think the way that they've been um, – that Otani and his camp have kind of been um, – chiding teams for for saying something or warning them against saying something is a little ridiculous Very much um so. and i think kind of the whole uh hey you have to play by our rules thing is, is probably not um the way that everybody would have it done i mean listen at the end of the day these teams want to offer you more money than anybody's ever been offered any athlete in american sports has ever been offered uh you know Obviously, you should go where you feel comfortable and you feel loved, but you don't necessarily need to throw in these rules that teams might be breaking and stuff like that. So um, on that hand, yeah, it, it earns an eye roll, you know, when you hear the whole, uh, you know, play by play by the rules that have been set out. But um, on the other hand, I think that it's cool to, to, to keep the drama going, that, that this is an entertainment product after all. And when stories have twists and turns and unexpected, uh, you know, outcomes, that's entertainment. And our resident Canadian, Connor, KPW is in the house. Hello, KPW. I'm sure that man's flying high today with the rumors going on that Shohei Itani might be signing with his beloved Blue Jays. But, yeah, I agree with you. It's just like I understand why he puts those things out there where you're not supposed to be talking about the the whereabouts of the meeting and what happened. And Dave Roberts, the manager of the Dodgers, might be in some hot water, especially if he signs with a different team. I'm I'm sure, 100% sure, the fans will blame him for not getting Joey Itani. I don't know if the front office will blame uh, Dave Roberts, but... If you look at this from first blush, I never would have thought him being a Toronto Blue Jay at all because of Canada. You know, it's really far away from his home in Japan. And then I didn't think the Blue Jays had the wherewithal and the money to go and sign him or even wanting to sign him for the money that he's going to command. And so the fact that they were talking about choosing between Vladimir Guerrero Jr. and Bo Bichette because they both come up, I think, in two years for free agency, so they were going to choose one or the other. That told me that they might have been, you know, destitute of money, and they were choosing one of the two. Nothing could be further from the truth because apparently they got money to burn out there in Toronto, and Shoei Tani has liked what they have offered to them. And so that will be a very big signing for them if they get him, and we talked about this before the show. The AL East, man. The Yankees are always going to be the Yankees. Well, and they are again. Uh, yeah, exactly. I mean, they, now that now that Soto's uh, over there in pinstripes, for sure. The Baltimore Orioles are the reigning champs of the AL East. And full of guys who are supposed to be good for the next decade. <laughs> Tampa Bay Rays went to the playoffs last year, summarily miss, um, dismissed immediately, but still they went to the playoffs. And now every year you know the Tampa Bay Rays are going to be good. And don't even forget – the Boston Red Sox are in that division, and one of those teams is going to miss the playoffs next year. 
100%. One of those teams going to miss the playoffs. This is why I want to abolish um, the divisions because it's so unfair for people like KPW and fans of that division to play so hard and to try so hard and then having an 87-win Minnesota team gets in while you're probably with 89 wins and sitting at the crib. But, yeah, good luck to Shoei Itani. I would love for him to play in Toronto for guys like KPW and et cetera. As I did when I met up, met up with KPW up in Toronto, I saw all of Canada there. In my section alone, talked to a Nova Scotian, talked to a person from uh, Calgary, talked to a person from British Columbia, they're there. They're there for summer break. That is their team of Canada. And as I brought up before, I want those people to be happy, except for the people in none of it who were voted as the team that they hate the most is the Chicago White Sox. So I don't want you to be happy, people of none of it. Big baseball fans in none of it. Just jerks up there, apparently. Yeah. Just when it just, comes when it comes to the White Sox, they're having none of it. <laughs> No kids. Not yet. This guy has no kids. Dad jokes for days, though. After the break, we will get into what exactly the White Sox will be looking for from catcher and right field positions to see if there is a defensive catcher and or right fielder that would be perfect for the White Sox in their pursuit of being a run prevention team. But first, Circa Sports. They have tight money line splits and a low hold model. Games will strive to be a negative, a minus 110 split at Circus Sports menu, unlike other sports books, which may use a minus 115 or minus 120 splits. At Circus Sports, they keep the money as little as possible on large market, especially compared to other books. They don't limit players based upon their winnings. Every player has the same limits, unlike other books who do limit their winning players. And at Circa, they encourage bettors to download and explore all other sport betting apps available. Compare lines and see which one is the best. And they think they'll have the best lines for you. They're real people behind the Circa Sports brand who resolve issues in a timely fashion, unlike other books who use chatbots, which are... Not very fun. You can't really get to them. And they always like, eh, your bet sucked. I'm taking your money. All aspects of the app are being run by the same. And they're robots too, Sarah. So I know you hate them. I was already getting anxiety. Yeah. All aspects, he doesn't even like the robot impression. No. All aspects of the app are being run by the same sports team that are at the main Circa Sportsbook and Resort in Las Vegas. So what you need to do right now, download the Circa Sports app right here in Illinois at circusports.com slash Illinois dash app to sign up today. Also be on the lookout for Circa events, watch parties and tailgates. If you or someone you know may have a problem with gambling, call 1-800-GAMBLER or text GAMB to 833-234 or visit areyoureallywinning.com. And right now we're going to get to those catchers in the free agent market because the White Sox currently – only Corey Lee and a couple young players that you saw last year, Carlos Perez, et cetera, et cetera, are available on the White Sox 40-man right now. So there was a point of emphasis in, in Vinny's article from allchjo.com, the 10 things he learned from the winter meetings. This is an emphasis for the White Sox. They will be getting a veteran catcher, right, Vinny? Yeah, it, cer it certainly seems that they will. Uh, you know, they like Corey Lee, and I don't think that this should be seen as – Corey Lee can't catch in the big leagues next year. He's going to catch plenty in the big leagues next year. Um, we'll see whether he demands the most of that playing time or if whoever they end up getting will. But 
they really liked the way Corey Lee showed defensively. They liked the way he showed in handling a pitching staff. But he's a young guy with very little major league experience. And I think that that is a position because of the impact that it has on the pitching staff where you need some certainty. And you need some certainty in knowing that if the White Sox throw out a young pitcher who who doesn't have much experience that he's going to be working with somebody who knows the ropes if you throw out somebody who's maybe an experienced pitcher but is trying to work his way back right maybe it is a Michael Soroka type that we're talking about throw into a guy that he can have confidence working with that knows uh the opposing the opposing roster and and how to go through it Corey Lee will probably be that guy one day but he's not that guy right now. There's more development to, to occur at the major league level. So they're going to go out and they want somebody who's a veteran. They want somebody who can play defense. We've seen from the White Sox catchers the last couple of years, defense has been something that has been, uh, you know, left to be desired. And so certainly all across the diamond, they're looking to improve defenses. We're going to talk about throughout the course of the show. It's why they went and signed Paul DeYoung to play shortstop. It's why they're very happy that they got Nicky Lopez in that trade with the Braves. It's why they're very happy that they have Luis Robert Jr. playing center field. But catcher is a position where they think they can upgrade defensively. They have a quote-unquote open spot with the person who's going to be with Corey Lee on that roster. And then remember, too, there's a guy coming in Edgar Caro. So if you get a veteran, you're not necessarily locking in your catching plans for the foreseeable future because Edgar Caro is only 20 years old, even though he, he's, he's already at double A. He's, he's got some time uh, still in the minor leagues to develop. So they are going to be going after a veteran defensive-minded catcher. There are a few of those out there on the free agent market. Who knows if that's where they'll find them. They might end up getting them via a trade, but there are some of those guys on the on the free agent market who do fit that description. And I see people talking about they're good with Corey Lee, but obviously the White Sox aren't good with Corey Lee being the primary catcher they might of be. the White Sox. They might be. We'll see how it we'll see how it plays out. Remember when you're the number 1 catcher, it's a it's a far smaller or because the workload is what it is your your game total is going to be lower than when you're the number one first baseman when you're the number one shortstop when you're the number one center fielder those guys given health should all be expected to play 150 plus games that's not going to be the case with the guy who's at the top of the depth chart at the catching position and so even if Corey Lee is the guy at catcher there has to be another guy Mm -hmm. and maybe that's the kind of guy they go out and get or maybe they go out and get a guy who is so well thought of and and so well able to do the things that they're looking for that Corey Lee becomes the quote-unquote backup even though it's more of a number one number two type situation and you could see in the free agent catchers that we have on this list they're up there in age and so it's no real you know long multi-year deal as they do have Edgar Carroll, Corey Lee, Carlos Perez already in the minor leagues or in the system currently. So these guys would be stop gaps for the most part uh, and veterans who are going to be teaching these young kids how to uh, receive these pitchers and do a game plan. So you have Yasmani Grandal, who is 35 years old. For the most part, he has been here for the last four years. He won't be back here. Austin Hedges just won a World Series championship with the Toronto uh, with the Texas Rangers. He's 31 years old. Martin Maldonado. This is the catcher that most people think that the White Sox are looking at because of his work with the Astros. He also worked with Corey Lee when he was down there. He's 37 years old. Former Royal also. Mitch Garver, who's more of an offensive catcher, 32 years old. Uh, Jacob Stallings, 33 years old. Austin Nola, a very veteran, great catcher um, for defensive side. He's 33 years old. Brother, of course, is uh, Aaron Nola. Kirk Casale is 35 years old. Former Cub Tucker Barnhart, 32 years old. 
Used to be a good bat, mostly now just a defensive catcher exclusively. Roberto Perez, former Pirate, 34 years old. Gary Sanchez is not the defensive guy, but I put him in there because he is a free agent. He would be more of the offensive guy. He's a 31-year-old catcher. Uh, we know this guy, Eric Haas, uh, as uh, my guy Chris Tannehill used to call him. Honus Haas, because every time he played with the White Sox, he used to crush. He's only 30 years old. That's, that's a big-time surprise. He's only 30. Tom Murphy. Average name, average game, 32 years old. And then, of course, former Royal, Cam Gallagher, 31 years old. So out of that list, what do you think a couple of those those catchers would be perfect for the White Sox to bring in and mentor the young people while also uh, running that pitching staff? Well, listen, we've brought up his name a few times, and I think Martin Maldonado jumps out of that group just because of the success that he's had in Houston, the you know uh, uh, great ability that he has to handle a pitching staff, uh, not to mention the fact that he's already mentored Corey Lee and helped in his development, and he's got some experience playing with Pedro Grafol during a, a, a brief time in Kansas City. But there are other guys on that list. Uh, you know, I think that you, you brought up Austin Hedges. That's a guy who's got a sterling defensive reputation Reputation. Um, a guy like Tucker Barnhart, I believe, has won a couple of gold gloves mm-hmm. uh, as, as a catcher. Um, you know, talking to some of the folks who cover the Cubs, maybe not quite gold glove caliber anymore uh, during his short time in Chicago. But um, he's a guy maybe who could give you the defensive upgrade you're looking for. Uh, and then Eric Haas jumps out because not only were his defensive numbers all right last year, mm-hmm. but we know he can hit. Yes. Uh, now, last season, he hit far less than he has in years past. The numbers, to be quite honest, fell off a cliff. Uh, but this is a guy who spent his entire career in the American League Central playing for either the Tigers or the Cleveland team uh, under a couple of names the, during his time. But uh, this is a guy who um, you know knows the division, has, has all right defensive uh, numbers, at least from last season, um, and has some history of, of doing some offensive damage as well. So if there is that kind of hope that maybe we could squeeze a little bit out of that catcher position in terms of offense, maybe that would be a guy that you would see. But from everything Chris Getz has said, the defense is really the priority. And when you're talking about a guy like Maldonado or, or, or Hedges, you're talking about a guy who, who doesn't really even hit 200. No. Um, so, I mean, <laughs> you can tell that if the focus is on guys like that, then really it is strictly on what they can do behind the plate and working with the pitchers. So I would tend to lean more likely it would be somebody like that. Uh, But you saw that list. It's it's exhaustive. There's a lot of names on it, Uh, even if none of them are, you know, all star types. uh, It's a list of guys that that certainly presents options. We'll put it that way. Yeah. And for catcher, I would want more of a defensive guy than a person that can hit Gary Sanchez pops out because he can hit home runs and what he did last year in San Diego was good but for the most part he is an offensive catcher he's a guy that you probably wouldn't want to be um as the stopgap for your team and um Masman brings up Mitch Garver yes good hitter I don't know how well he's a catcher but yes I want a catcher who is Defense first. That is his is his way that he got in the major leagues. That's the reason why he's staying in the major leagues. That's why Martin Maldonado just like sounds so good for the White Sox. And a guy who's played for Pedro Grafal before down there with the Royals, a brief stint down there with the Royals, understands what Pedro wants, understands what the White Sox are trying to do with this young staff that they're going to be uh, more than likely going to be bringing in for their starting staff. 
And so teaching people like Edgar Caro, the Carlos Perez, the Corey Lees of the world, how to be a major league catcher. He's done it for so long that he can have just, you know, just his presence just have you know effect on these guys. But I'm sure his everyday preparation that would filter down to the players who are below him. I don't necessarily know how uh, Yasmani Grandal got down with the younger catchers, but for me, from the outside, it seemed like he was, hey, I'm trying to get myself ready. And that's, you know, no fault of his own. He's not, you know, you don't necessarily need to be a mentor to younger catchers. I need this catcher that the White Sox are going to bring in to be a mentor to the younger catchers because this person, as you saw the ages, are not going to be here for the long haul. So this is that person where they're defense first, but also they have a role on the team of being a leader slash mentor. Well, and I'll say this too, you know, we show that, we show that list, probably not a lot of names, if there are any names on there that will excite White Sox fans in, mm-hmm. in any way, right? I think even if they do get a guy who might fit what they're trying to do, like Maldonado or Hedges, people are going to rush to baseball reference and say, I'm sorry, his batting average is what last year? <laughs> and if that's something you're worried about, well then, hey, there's an opportunity for Corey Lee. Like these guys are being brought in to do specific things. Corey Lee can hit his way into more playing time. Corey Lee cool. can could 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 show up and do such a good job that he could be the guy at the top of that depth chart. And it's no big deal, right? It's not like you're going out and you're signing what he was when they signed him, Yasmani Grandal. And it's like, well, that's it. Nobody behind him can can compete with this guy because just got a huge contract for being an all-star level player. Corey Lee is going to have an opportunity here. It's not going to be taken away from him, the opportunity that he would have to be at the top of that depth chart. All he's got to do is play well enough and, and show the coaching staff that he deserves it. And then I'm sure they would be perfectly happy saying, well, our number two guy, He's, he's our number two guy. He doesn't have the most playing time, but boy, can he play great defense back there, and boy, can he work with a pitching staff. So I think you're seeing this list of guys for for reasons, for specific reasons, uh, and it seems like that's what the White Sox are circling is one of these types of players. After the break, we will explore right field and the free agents out there that might fit into the White Sox plans, but right now there's a great number that all of us Chicagoans know. Sing it with me. Five eight eight two three hundred Empire today. And Herb, did you know that with Empire Today, you get shop at home convenience, the right product for your needs, quick and professional installation, and that oh-so-important low-price guarantee. I did. Empire Today is the best place to get new flooring, so of course they have copycats, but Empire can't be beaten on quality, service, or speed, so competitors advertise low-quality products that Empire simply will not carry. For shame. Empire will not promise the lowest prices because anyone who does that is putting flooring in your home that they would not even put in theirs. Empire's philosophy is to help you find what you need not to overwhelm you. With thousands of choices and substitutes, what they leave out of their selection is as important as what they put in. Empire's product team exhaustively combs through thousands of product samples each year to find the perfect styles. And hey, Herb, I know I've told you before about the virtual floor designer. It's a great way to see how new floors will look in any space. It's easy. You can't shut up about it. I can't. I I just spoke right over you while you were trying to to talk there. That's how much I can't shut up about it. It's easy. Just snap a picture and instantly see how new floors will look in your room. Shopping for floors at a big box store can be frustrating. You might talk to someone today who was working in plumbing yesterday, but flooring, that's all Empire Today does. They live it. They breathe it. They eat it. They drink it. So you can be confident you're getting honest upfront advice. You probably, however, should not try to eat flooring. That could be a problem. You're not a professional like them. 
Yeah, exactly. They have special training. Uh, so schedule a free home, in, a free in-home estimate today. All listeners can receive a three hundred and fifty dollars off discount when they use the promo code CHGO. Some restrictions do apply. See EmpireToday.com/chgo for all of the relevant details. Keep that promo code in handy because I am a fan of Hero Bread and I started eating it because I have type two diabetes and I didn't like to give up my favorite things like breads, uh, quesadillas, wraps. So Hero Bread has been great for me and i'm sure it'll be great when you do try it if you need a low net carb option to fit your lifestyle or dietary constraints the founder of hero bread cole glass baked 100 muffins per day before he found the perfect blend that fit into his allergy constraints that's what pushed him to start hero bread and i know when i mentioned that this is the flour tortillas have zero net carbs and 80 calories and 15 grams of protein some are worried about the taste but i'm here to tell you the taste just as good as any flour tortillas that you have had right now they have a discount code for your first purchase as i said chgo for 10 percent off hero.co hero makes sliced breads buns and tortillas that are available at hero.co and at amazon right now you have to do this hero bread is offering CHGO fam, 10% off their first order. Just go to hero.co and use our code CHGO to save on Hero Bread today. That's H-E-R-O dot C-O to save 10% today. And if you want more savings, right now for a limited time, CHGO fam and the Die Hard program is $20 off the regular price. Usually $79.99, right damn now, $59.99. So the holidays are among, upon us right now. It's the second day of Hanukkah, and happy Hanukkah to those who celebrate it. If you want to get a good Hanukkah gift, a good Christmas gift, a good Kwanzaa gift for that sports fan in your life, what better thing to do it to get a Die Hard for that person? What you get with that, you get a free T-shirt. I don't. I have it on right now. You see this uh, script CHGO shirt from CHGO Locker. You get one of these for free, and twenty percent off of all merch going forward. Twenty percent off of all tailgates, all events that we have going forward. And as some of the people, and we'll be getting into the mailbag a little bit. You'll have access to our CHGO Discord too. So jump on this deal while it lasts. I think it only lasts until this weekend. So get on it right now. $20 off of the original price of the Die Hard membership. It lasts a full year for you. And as uh, our guy Matt Peck put, it's 16 cents a day. Breaking down, 16 cents a day. You can afford that. Go ahead and get it. AllCHGO.com. And you get premium written content from folks like Vinnie Duber. Only as a Die Hard. So go ahead and check that out. CHGO Die Hard membership at AllCHGO.com. Right now, we're going to shift our focus to right field. As for me, we're talking about catcher. I want a defense first person. I know the White Sox and most teams, they value defense. In right field, you have to have a good arm, and defense should be paramount. As the White Sox have seen, not having a good defensive right fielder can cost you a couple of runs. But there are a couple of free agents out there who both have good offense and good defense, or at least good enough defense that you can uh, skate away with. So let's look at the options out there for right fielders that are available for the White Sox to get on the free agent market. 
Of course, the the crown jewel is Teoscar Hernandez, who's 31 years old. He'll probably get the highest money out of all this group. He's around a 15 to 16 million dollar a year player. Will Myers, former. Um, Royal, former Tampa Bay Ray, former Padre, former Red, 32 years old. Randall Gretchik, 32 years old, twice an Angel, and other company, other uh, teams. Jesse Winker, Red Mariner slash Brewer, is 30 years old. Adam Duvall is 35 years old. Uh, of course, this guy, second baseman slash right fielder, Whit Merrifield, 35 years old, been bandied about, about the White Sox being his team that they are going to be in the future. Robbie Grossman. 34 years old. I think he just won a World Series with the Texas Rangers. Adam Frazier, more of a second baseman, but he did play a couple games. I think like 20 games in right field last year and was pretty decent, 31 years old. Andrew McCutcheon, Pirate great, 37 years old. Former White Sox great, Adam Engel is 31 years old. And the last on our list, and there's much more, but Hunter Renfro, 31 years old, more of a guy with the bat, with the power arm. So, out of that list, Vinny, anybody that, you know, strikes you that this is a White Sox guy, that there might be a matchup for them? Well, I mean, I think, you know, Whit Merrifield's name is on that list. And when you talk about what the White Sox could still do, he obviously is a name that comes to mind for various reasons. It's just been reported that, I mean, it has been reported that they're interested uh, in him. He's a guy who has history, uh, of course, with Pedro Grifol being uh, a, a longtime Royal. Uh, he is someone who has positional versatility. Hey, look, what do they need right now? They need a right fielder, and they might need a second baseman still, depending on what they think of having Nicky Lopez as that position at that position on an everyday basis. You get Whit Merrifield, and Nicky Lopez still gets a ton of playing time at second base because Whit Merrifield might be bouncing around, going from going between second and right. Depends on how it all works out, of course. Um, but we'll see. Uh, it's it's obviously uh, thought of by a lot of folks that that he might end up here. Um, but he's a veteran with you know uh, some some pretty good numbers on his resume. Even if last year uh, wasn't the greatest, maybe he's somebody who demands a price tag that's a little too too high. Uh, another name that jumps out again, guys. We're talking about defense first, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, Randall Grichik, uh, his defensive numbers uh, are, are have, were all right last year. They've been all right in the past. That might be something that gets them that clear-cut defensive upgrade that they're searching for. Because when we asked Chris earlier this week at the winter meetings about right field and what they could be looking for he he mentioned defense specifically when it comes to looking for an upgrade so um again i think that everywhere that is still quote unquote open on the field you're going to be looking at them doing similar things to what they did at shortstop and to a lesser degree second base um and trying to get guys that are for lack of a better term slam dunks defensively guys that they can throw out there and that they know are going to avoid the types of mistake field mistake filled play in the field that we've seen from this White Sox team the last couple of years and I know the guy that Sean would say in this uh, uh this segment so I'll go for him Adam Duvall 35 years old a little older a little longer than tooth but he's more of a bat first def- uh right fielder while he's not a butcher out in right field, I think last year, if you're just going by the outs above average, he's zero. Just a regular average right fielder. But he brings bat, and that's what I would want. I want a guy that is 
slightly better offensively than he is defensively. And I know Mazman is bringing uh, back that you should put Andrew Vaughn out there. Come on now. We don't want to see that again. That is a very below average outfielder. That's runs that are going to be scored on that guy because he's out in the outfield. But you want a person like that, uh, Adam Duvall, um, Hunter Renfro comes to mind. Adam Ingle is a defense first guy, but you don't want to be putting him out there for 150 games. Now, he had a point where he was hitting the ball really hard for the White Sox, I think in 2021. But after that, he just fell off the table and then pretty much got released by the Padres last year um, where he wasn't really doing anything offensively for that team. So, I would like a player who is offense first. I know Teoscar Hernandez would be my first guy because he is the most sought-after guy in the uh, in the right field class, but I know also that $15 to $16 million price tag per year might have the White Sox kind of balking at that. I would just want it because that would finally solve the right field position and with a solid bat. He's not that old, 31 years old, and his bat is pretty solid. His defense is pretty good, too. Years in Toronto, I think last year he spent most of his time with the Mariners, and that's not an offensive ballpark. So I think coming here to the guaranteed right field would be good for him, and you would have at least three, four years of stability in right field if you get a guy like Teoscar Hernandez. Well, and I'll, I've made this point before, and I'll make it again. Right field is not a position in which the White Sox can project a long-term player. Is what we were just talking about at catcher, Edgar Caro's coming. Edgar Caro's one of the uh, uh, their highest-rated prospects, a highly thought-of prospect across the game. The guy that you need to go out and get at catcher, and really even to a lesser extent, Corey Lee, who's here now, you're projecting Edgar Caro to be that guy behind the plate. Correct. At shortstop, they went out and got, got Paul DeYoung, and he's a placeholder because Colson Montgomery is coming, right? Mm-hmm. Who's coming in right field? Mm. And while I think it, the White Sox would be very happy if Oscar Colas turned everything <laughs> around, where we sit right now, we can't project him as being that guy after seeing the way he played in, in, in 2023. So getting a guy like Teoscar Hernandez in right field, specifically at that position, makes more sense than it does at other positions because, hey, if they're expecting to be competitive in 2025 or 2026 they're going to need some to add some guides at some point to 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 be the longer term solutions at these positions that can give you a belief that they are going to be competitive in the future even if it's not the immediate future of 2024 so they can't just go out and you know keep just getting stop gaps and placeholders all over the field and expect one day that it's going to click i don't expect them to believe that that's what they're doing but at some point they're going to need to go fill that position with somebody that they can count on being there for a little bit. If they look at next year's free agent list, if they look at some of the landscape of the trade market and they don't see somebody that they would want to target, maybe someone like Teoscar Hernandez is the answer this offseason rather than just waiting to do all of this all over again next year. Yeah, and I think that, yeah, the the name Tyasker Hernandez, as people bring up, strikes out a lot. But when he connects with the ball, that's what you need. You need the home runs, the slug that he brings to the table. The White Sox, as a group, strike out way too much, and they don't bring the slug to the table at all. If you're going to strike out, in my philosophy, you better be running to a couple and hitting a couple home runs when you do strike out. So I don't necessarily care that he strikes out a ton, I just care that he runs into a couple and produces offense. Because right now, if we're looking at the White Sox, middle of that order, Luis Robert, of course, awesome. 
but question marks all the way through there. Yoan Mankata, question mark. Andrew Vaughn, question mark. Aloya Menace, question mark. You need some more exclamation points when Teoscar Hernandez might not be like the biggest name. I think his numbers and his uh, track record show you that he would be offensively helping this team more than any of the people on the list that they have question marks on right now. So, yeah, I would be all for if they just said, this is our one big-time expenditure. We're going to get Teoscar Hernandez, and we're going to set right field up for the next three to four years and have a good middle-of-the-lineup bat. But after the break, we will go into the mailbag and see exactly what you in the CHO Discord want to know from us. But right now, Vinny has some more stuff on the folks at FOCO. Everyone watching uh, on YouTube Live right now sees that I've got sort of the angel-devil situation with our baseball mascots here in town sitting right on my <laughs> shoulders. Uh, over my right shoulder here is Clark the Cub. Boo. You can assign whatever roles you'd like. But over my left shoulder here is Southpaw waving that classic orange White Sox flag. And that bobblehead, of course, was donated by the fine folks at FOCO. They have uh, provided set decorations for us for a while between the orange flag Southpaw bobblehead, the Tim Anderson waiting for a red line train bobblehead. That's, uh, those have been great, and you can go get yourself some of those great stuff if you head on over to FOCO.com. Get fitted out in the best sports gear around. They've got hoodies, they've got shoes, they've got signs, they've got bobbleheads, and they've got everything in between. Baseball season never ends, so suit up for baseball season with Aloha shirts, straw hats, polos, bags, and everything you need to tailgate uh, for opening opening day come late March. Uh, you better get some mittens and, and a winter coat also while you're at it. Um, set decorations, you know, we talked about them, uh, so go show them some love. Check out FOCO.com or click the link in the description below, and for all non-presale items, Herb, mm-hmm. you can use the promo code CHGO10 for 10% off. That's awesome. And Sarah, while I do this read, can you do me a favor and go and get that varsity cooler over there so I can show the folks that the great people at varsity coolers have awesome, awesome things. Need a perfect bag for game day? Varsity Coolers will have you set for game day and beyond with the best portable cooler and weekend duffel around. There are six reasons I'm just going to read to you to grab yourself one of these Varsity Coolers. The unique design, as you see if you're watching on YouTube, it's got the team colors, the map of the city. land. The map of the city is on the bottom. The banners are here on the top and inside in the lining, the food scene. You got some deep dish pizza, some hot dogs inside of this bag, and it doubles as a cooler. It's waterproof and double insulated. Fits in a golf cart, as we found out when we just traveled, a good carry-on luggage for yourself. And it's the perfect Christmas, Hanukkah, holiday gift because there's 21 teams that are represented by Varsity Coolers. So they're perfect for any football fan in your life. They're built to show up in style to a party repping around and repping around town. Imagine yourself going into a tailgate, going to the gym with this bag. People are like, ooh, wee, you're out here looking good and representing Chicago right in your Varsity Coolers. And it's a gym bag. As I said, you go to the gym, take care of that in. People like, yeah, you were out here. The blue, the burnt orange, perfect. So head on over to varsitycoolers.us and use code CHGO at checkout for 10% off your order. And let's jump into today's mailbag. The first question is from our guy, Jared. I think he is in the chat today. Yeah, Jared, be careful. He said he's up on the roof of his house right now putting up Christmas lights and... Well, we are happy to be part of that uh, that festive uh, chore, we'll call it. Uh, please be careful. Don't be like Clark. 
He's yeah, he fell down and stapled himself to the to the roof a couple times. I'm going to watch that movie when I go home right now. Imagine Fetty turns the corner competitively and becomes the three-ish ERA with the seven to nine Ks per game. What level of return does a deadline trade get from him? Vinny, if you want to answer that question, I got my answer. But uh, what would you say to Jared's question? Well, I think it's a good point, and I, and I don't think the White Sox signed him to trade him. Mm-hmm. It's a multi-year deal, obviously. But we'll see. I mean, if he turns into a guy that is performing at that level come the trade deadline, and it's like the White Sox can load up on with some prospects to, to help them further their, further their cause here, absolutely I would see him as a candidate to do that. Of course, we got to find out what sort of pitcher he is. But given the hypothetical there, he could turn into a real nice asset for them. Um, and remember this, we had John Morosi on the show on Wednesday talking about Dylan Cease and the idea that the White Sox could hold on to him and maybe trade him at the deadline when teams are a little bit more desperate for pitching when there aren't the alternatives of going out and signing a free agent. And he brought up, you'd have him for two pennant run, two pennant races, right? Mm -hmm. Eric Fetty's on a two-year deal. If he's a trade deadline candidate, teams not only getting him for one year, they're getting him for two shots at a playoff run. Um, And because of that, because of that extra year of control, you'd have to figure that the level of return package would be all right. It would be pretty nice. If you've got one of the the better starters in baseball, if you're talking about a guy with the numbers that that Jared was suggesting there, and you're going to deal him for two years, uh, I would imagine that you'd get a nice haul back really – you know, almost for sure, right? Yeah, I think we're all under the same assumption that the White Sox in 2024 are not going to be that good. And so, yes, I get you the question, Jarrett, but as Vinny said, I think they're holding on to the guy. If he's that good with a mid-three ERA and striking nine per out uh, per outing, they're keeping him. They're holding on to him as a relatively young guy. I think he's just 31 years old. And if he's doing the stuff that he did in Korea – Mercy, they're keeping that guy and trying to work out an extension for him for the future because being a 32-year-old pitcher in the league is not that old. And you see these pitchers like Sonny Gray, who's 35, getting $25 million per year. I'm not saying he's going to be off that level, but he pitched that well in Korea that if he repeats that performance, he's, he's going to be a top-of-the-line pitcher. But if he has the performance that you're putting out there, Jarrett, Definitely. I think the White Sox would be holding on to him and trying to work out a deal with him to you know, extend his career here with the White Sox. But yeah, I think if he does that, there are going to be a lot of teams going to be trying to get Eric Fetty off the White Sox, especially because of cost certainty. And it's so inexpensive. And as Vinny just said, two pennant runs to, to go, only paying what, seven and a half million and then um, half of that. And so you're going to be having teams fawn over Eric Fetty if he's got a mid-three ERA with nine strikeouts per outing. Well, just a couple of points that are related to this, too. They signed him to a multi-year deal, and I think that that was uh, interesting. Uh, it might point to the fact that Chris Getz has his sights on competing in 2025. Mm-hmm. And if that's the case, they don't want to trade him. They want him to be part of this rotation. Uh, the other one being that when we talked to Chris uh, on Wednesday, when he talked about the Eric Fetty signing, he said they've got him for two years. It's a multi-year deal. And maybe there's a chance for more, he said, you know, in, in his answer there, probably being optimistic that everything would work out the way that they hope it would. And, and they would maybe be able uh, to, to, retain his services even past the end of this contract and our second question and last question in the mailbag today is from our person our guy i don't know what you are i don't know your pronouns aj 
Other than a Lifetime movie about Zach Remillard, what other movies about current White Sox players would you like to see get made, Vinny? Oh, that's a good question. Um, I think that it's, it's interesting. The guy that we were just talking about, I, there kind of is a base. There kind of is a movie made about him already, right? That's the that's the Tom Selleck movie, Mr. Baseball, Ugh, where he, he plays the American player who goes over and plays in Japan. Uh, you know, that kind of, you know, for lack of a better term, fish out of water, but certainly just the idea of seeing an American baseball player in a different culture, that's fun. But again, that movie's already been made. Uh, if I had to pick somebody else, a current White Sox player, man, because Liam Hendricks doesn't count, does he? Hmm. Uh, I can just give you my answer. Who would you think, Herb? I would always go with the Cuban players. So either Yoan Moncada or Luis Robert Jr. Because of the heroin task of leaving that country. I mean, it's not as much as Jose Abreu of, uh, you know, getting smuggled out of that country and having to eat his passport and su- and all the people coming after him. But I'm sure Luis Robert Jr. having to do all the things that he had to do, leave his family behind in Cuba to come here and pursue a lifelong dream of being the superstar that he is. And then you can uh, have it sponsored by Domino's because he loves terrible pizza. That's his shit. He, well, there's nothing more than he loves than having terrible pizza. So that movie would be real short. But product placement. By, oh, yeah. Dom, like just him eating Domino's right when he gets over from America. It's like, mm, this is the best pizza in the world. I think I'll go ahead and, and agree with you. Uh, I'll pick you on Moncada because I haven't seen a good musical in a while. <laughs> Disaster personnel, and then Heck, our, there you go. There's the title of the film right boom, there. We're over, and then our last thing. We were down in Nashville at the MLB winter meetings. Any um, last things that you wouldn't say in the last couple of days to empty out the notebook that the White Sox have been uh, focusing on down there in uh, Nashville? Well, I'll, I'll bring up two things real quick. We have well, I'll bring up three. First thing I'll bring up the idea that the White Sox would be open to paying down some salary of some play, of a player to get to make a trade happen. Mm. And I, I think that a lot of people assume Moncada's not going anywhere, Aloy's not going anywhere because of the money that they make. The White Sox would never pay down the thing. At least Chris Getz said they would be open to it, but of course it has to be it has to be really can uh, make sense for them in terms of a return package. The other thing I'll talk about is the bullpen. Haven't had a lot of comments about the bullpen no. lately. Uh, Gregory Santos, who spent the end of the season on the injured list, you'll remember, mm-hmm. is uh, expected to be part of the opening day roster, uh, you know, the, in terms of the way his recovery is going and what they project out for him. And then finally, I know Sean's not here, but this is the one that he would like. <laughs> the White Sox are open to a reunion with Brian Shaw if that uh, were to present itself and, and make sense for both sides. Hmm. I mean, yeah, I know Pedro would be happy with that. That man is everyday Brian Shaw. So, yeah, I think those are that's pretty much it for the show. I mean, go and check out Vinny's article, allchgo.com, where he talks about the 10 things that we learned down at the winter meetings in Nashville. Sarah? I thought you were going to say something. No. Okay. <laughs> so for Sarah Victor, who is producing the show today, and Vinny Duber, follow him at Vinny Duber. My name is Herb Lawrence. You can follow me at Ecknerwall23. We're about to have our holiday party here in a couple hours, so we're about to get after it. But uh, I hope you all have a safe and healthy weekend. For those who are celebrating Hanukkah, enjoy your second day of Hanukkah and the whole weekend. And go and go out and get yourself a CHGO diehard while you're at it. So, Herb, don't forget to remind everyone to tune in to the CHGO Bowl show tonight because that 
That might be a very good one. A very, oh, very yes. good one. They're going to have a post-game show live while we're the having the party in the background. So if you hear cussing, it's gonna be that's going to be me. Yeah. I'm going to be drunk. That'll be four hours of drinking for me. So <laughs> you did it the other night in Nashville, didn't uh, you, Herb? You know me. Uh, so 1030 or whatever time the Bulls game ends. Check out the CHGO Bulls post-game show there. So for Sarah, for Vinny, my name is Herb. Have a good weekend, and thank you for joining us on CHGO White Sox. We all silly like the mayor.